0: genesis chapter 29 verse 18 to verse 20. genesis chapter 29 verse 18 to verse 20. the word of the lord says the following and jacob loved rachel and he said to rachel's father i will serve you seven years for rachel your younger daughter and Laban said it is better that I give her to you than I should give her to another man abide with me now look what verse 20 says and Jacob served seven years everybody say served served notice it doesn't say worked he served seven years how many years? he served seven years for Rachel and they seemed unto him but a few days because of the love that he had for her. Wow! I don't know, man. How many of you uh, would serve seven years for your wife? But that's what this man did. He served seven years for the woman that would become his wife, Rachel. Rachel. And the Bible says that the seven years seemed to him but a few days. Just a few days. Why? Because of the love that he had for Rachel. Because of The prospect of what he would receive after the seven years of work and seven years of service. Now, if we go to the book of Hosea, go to the book of Hosea, chapter 12, verse 12, it tells us what Jacob did for those seven years. What did he do for those seven years? Hosea, chapter 12, verse 12, gives us a little bit of insight into what Jacob did for those seven years. What do the Lord says in Hosea chapter 12, verse 12? It says, And Jacob fled into the country of Syria, and he served. Notice the word served again, and he served. He didn't work, he served for a wife. And for a wife, he kept sheep. What did he do? For a wife, he kept sheep. He took care of sheep, he watched over sheep. For seven years, because he wanted Rachel, because he wanted a wife. How many believe that he loved Rachel? Amen. He loved Rachel. He served seven years for Rachel. Not only did he serve seven years, but what he did was he took care of sheep. He took care of sheep. Now, now, if you do a little bit of study on what it what it entails to take care of sheep, it's not a an easy task. It's pretty much a twenty four seven job, and sheep. Are not the brightest animals in the world they are actually quite dumb they're not all there you know they have to be guided by the shepherd to where there is food because they they say that a sheep that if you don't if you don't guide them to green pastures they'll just eat anything they'll just eat anything they won't be able to differentiate between weeds and and grass and pastures they'll just they'll just eat whatever and eat it until it affects them and, and, it, and it contaminates their body. So the, the job of a shepherd is to lead the sheep towards green pastures. The job of a shepherd is to protect the sheep. Protect them from, from uh, predators. You remember David? He was a shepherd of sheep and the Bible says that he uh, killed the lion and he killed the bear that would come to take one of, the, one of his sheep. So the, the, the responsibility of a shepherd was to take care of the sheep from predators. 24-7 job. Provide them with food. Take them to, to waters. Take them to still waters. Because the, the, the sheep will go to where there is water and it'll just, it'll just uh, stare at the water. <laughs> it'll just look at it and, and, and it'll look at it until it just dies of thirst. It literally needs to be taken to the water and, and, and encouraged to drink from those waters. Can you say a big amen this morning, church? Hallelujah. They don't... Sheep have function, they do not function well independently. They've got to be part of the pack, part of the group. So the responsibility of a shepherd was to make sure that he kept the sheep. It wasn't just uh, a casual thing. Keep them, take care of them, watch over them. Pretty much 24-7, guard the sheep. So this is what we see uh, Jacob doing for his wife. For seven years, he is... Taking care of sheep because there was something in it for him. Therefore, it was not work. The Bible says that he served. He served for a for a wife. Amen. He served. It was it was something that that came out of his innermost being. It wasn't hard to do. It wasn't toilsome. He enjoyed what he was doing. Yet it was hard, but he enjoyed it. Why? Because of what was before him because of the goal because of rachel he had a rachel in front of him that caused him to do what he did with joy amen and the problem with many of us is that we do what we do without knowing where we're going we do what we do without having a goal the apostle paul says in first corinthians chapter 9 verse 10 that He who plows must plow in hope. He who who plows the ground plows in hope. Otherwise, why does he plow? And he who hopes must plow. Do you understand? He who plows must plow in hope, and he who hopes must plow. So in other words, a farmer goes into into the field and he begins to uproot the soil and begins to work the soil, and that's hard work to till the ground. And to put the seed in and to, to take care of his crop. And what, what drives him? What drives him? What, what causes him to do it with hope? What's the hope? When you, when you plough the ground and when you sow some apple seeds and when you sow some potatoes, what's the drive behind all that? Why, why, why wake up early? Why, why you know, put some elbow grease in there and work hours and hours and hours? The Apostle Paul said, you plough with hope. Why? He's ploughing because he's hoping for a harvest. So, so we, we need to plough, we need to do what we do with, a, with hope. Amen. Amen. So you, you, you want a Rachel, you're going to serve for seven years, you're going to take care of sheep, and you're going to do it, and you're going to do it for seven years, not seven days, not, not seven months, seven years. And so you, you, want, you want potatoes, you're going to have to plough the ground, plough the ground in hope. Your hope is that I'm going to have a a, a potato harvest one day and we're going to be able to enjoy it. But then there are people that hope without ploughing. There are people that want to be somewhere. They want to be someone. They want to go somewhere with God, but they don't plough. They hope without ploughing. And that's what I call faith. That is fake. You can name it and you can claim it and you can decree it and you can prophesy it. But until you don't do what you've got to do, you won't get what you are believing you can get. Because he who hopes must plough. And he who ploughs must plough with hope. Hallelujah. Are you getting this this morning? So I just want to just lay this little foundation before you this morning. That, that it's important to understand that nothing of significance ever happens in the life of a person without something of substance being put in from that person nothing of significance ever happens in the life of a person without a demand for substance to be put in from that person you see it all the way through the bible as a matter of fact the bible says in hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 now faith is the substance of things hoped for see that word hope faith is the substance of what you hope for it is the evidence of things not yet seen so you start acting a certain way because of what you believe believing you're going to get see faith is substance amen so faith is tangible yeah. and so what, what i see that we have too much in the church today is people hoping without plowing there's people wanting a rachel Without serving seven years for a Rachel. There's people that they want, we want a quick fix. We want something, we want God to do it quickly. But nothing of significance ever happens in the life of a person without that person putting in some substance. And listen, and I understand this and I understand it myself that very rarely is it a a one day thing, a one month, a one year thing. Amen. It is a continual thing. Faith is a lifestyle. Faith, the Bible says in James, faith without works is dead. Yeah. So nothing of significance is going to happen in your life without you putting some substance in, which is action. Yeah, so if you want potatoes, you've got to, to plough the ground and you've got to sow potatoes. So if you want a Rachel, you're going to have to serve for her for seven years and do it well. And put some substance into this thing. Put some evidence into that you are believing that you're going somewhere. I'm going to put some evidence now before I get there, hallelujah, that I believe that I'm going to receive that. Some substance. We need some people in the church that have some substance. That have some evidence of their faith. And I don't want to be too hard, but we have a lot of people that talk in the body of Christ. They talk the big talk. They live what I call on the spiritual la-la land. They don't really see the things happening that they prophesy, that they declare. We are on spiritual la-la land. We want to live how we want, do what we want, go to church when we want, read the Bible when we want, pray when we want, love God how we want, in our, on our terms, and expect God to give us what we want. Yeah, come on. There's got to be some substance. There's got to be some evidences that I believe I'm going to have a harvest That I believe I'm going. I'm going for a Rachel, and if I've got to serve seven years, I'll serve seven years. And if I've got to take care of sheep for seven years, I'll do it, and I'll do it well, and I'll do it with a smile on my face, and I'll do it with joy because I know there's something good at the end of that tunnel. Hallelujah. Substance, substance. So, what are what are a few things that I believe we can detect on the from the life of Jacob that that causes you to to go after what God has promised you. Jacob had a goal and it generated something in him. It generated something. Number one, it generated enthusiasm and passion. See, it's amazing. The Bible says he served seven years for Rachel and they seemed unto him but a few days. It wasn't hard and it wasn't dragging out, and like, man, this is, it's just like a few days because, of, and it was because he had a Rachel in front of him. So, what, 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 what is generated when we have a God? What is generated when we know where we're going? What is generated when we have a word from God? What is generated when we have a, when we have a destination, when we're going somewhere? What, what happens to us? You know, what happens when you know I'm going to get potatoes? What happens when you know I'm going, to, I'm going to get a Rachel at the end of this thing? And it might be hard and it might be frustrating at times, but, but that goal, that goal before me, is what's going to push me through. See, just before I go into that quickly, there's a verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, who for the joy that was set before him, what, what, what was that? The joy that was set before him. What did he do? He endured the cross. Amen. He had a joy set before him, so he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he set, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus looked right through the cross towards the joy that was set before him. See, when you, when you, have, a, when you have something set before you, You'll go through the cross. You'll sacrifice. That's another word we don't like to hear in the church. Sacrifice. I mean, who do we think we are that we're going to get glory without sacrifice? Jesus sacrificed. He had to be sacrificed first before he could receive his rightful place beside the, the right hand of the Father. Sacrifice. But when, it, when you have a When there's a joy set before you It's not really sacrifice You endure it You go through it Because of what is on the other side And Jesus, hallelujah For the joy that was set before him He endured the cross Same with Jacob For the joy that was set before him He endured the sheep Same for the farmer Because of the prospect of a harvest He endures the early mornings and the late nights So We've got to have a goal in front of us like like Jacob and it'll generate enthusiasm and passion. Oh, is this missing in the church today? And I'm talking about in our in our lives, enthusiasm and passion. Yeah, there's a lack of passion in people today. There's a lack of enthusiasm. Yeah, and it comes down to there's no Rachel. Mm, there's no goal set before them. So, what we do, we do it lifeless, we do it without passion, we do it as a, as, a, as, a, as a begrudgingly. Amen. Why have we come to church this morning? We come to church for the prospect of an encounter with Jesus. We come to church for the prospect of worshiping and praising Jesus. We come to church because we come to hear His word and to fellowship with the saints. That should be the joy set before us. So, I, I go to church with enthusiasm and with passion. Hallelujah. Where do you want to be by the end of this year? What do you want God to do in your marriage? What do you want God to do in your family? What's the goal set before you? It'll generate passion and enthusiasm. Someone once said, if you cannot do it with passion, don't do it at all. We should be the most passionate people on the face of the earth. We should be the most enthusiastic people on the face of the earth. Amen. Amen. Come on, say amen, praise God. We should should be the most excited people on the face of the earth because ultimately when it's all said and done, hallelujah, there is a heaven that is waiting for you and for me. Praise God. So live your life with passion. Live your life with enthusiasm. Get get something before you. Get some goals before you. Have something that drives you. Have something in front of you. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. That's where I'm going. I might not be where I want to be now, but I'm not going to be here all the time. Hallelujah, God's taking me somewhere. I'm going to do what I do now with enthusiasm and passion. That's why it's amazing that it says that Jacob served for Rachel. There was passion and enthusiasm in what he was doing. That's why the days were short. Hey Amen. He was excited about what he was doing. Hey Amen. You've got to get some enthusiasm. Uh, if your heart's not in it. If your heart's not in it, you need to remove yourself from whatever it is that you're doing until you get a heart. If you've lost the drive for the things of God, if you've lost the drive for your marriage, if you've lost the drive for your children, if you've lost the drive for your business, stop until you get enthusiasm and passion again. Where am I going? What am I doing? What does God have me on this earth for? Enthusiasm. Passion. In Nehemiah's day, it said that the people had lost heart. And Nehemiah came on the scene, which is the type of the Holy Spirit. The name Nehemiah means counselor, comforter. Holy Spirit came on the scene and began to encourage the people of Nehemiah. And then by chapter 3, it says, and the people had a heart to work. What does that mean? They got their passion back. They got their enthusiasm back. They got their drive back. You know why? Because they they got their vision back. Someone came alongside them and says, hey, we can build this wall. We can build this wall. God has called us for something greater. God has called us for something bigger. And their heart came back. Their passion came back. You lose your passion. You lose your drive when you lose your vision. Enthusiasm. Praise God with enthusiasm. Worship God with Enthusiasm. Number two, persistence. The goal set before Jacob generated persistence in him. The opposite of persistence is to quit. Someone once says, winners never quit and quit- quitters never win. Pretty persistent. We're living in a generation today that breaks covenant that breaks loyalty that breaks relationships so easily amen we've got to we've got to have the art of persistence amen keep going there's a rachel there's a harvest i have a word from god Jacob didn't just go to Syria and looking for a wife because he just felt like it. I I don't have enough time to teach all this. But you know, you've got to be in God's will as well. You don't be persistent in what God told you to stop doing a long time ago. You've got to be persistent in where God wants you to be. You've got to be persistent because God's given you a word. There's a time to stop being persistent because God says that's over. Amen. So you've got to make sure you're in God's will. Jacob didn't go looking for a wife because he felt like it. His father told him, go and look for a wife among my family. And he blessed him. See, he had a word from God. And so when you have a word from God, hallelujah, that generates persistence. Hallelujah. I might not see anything now, but I'm going to keep going because I have a word from God. God said it, he shall do it. Persistence. Persistence. Keep going. Don't quit. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Persistence. We need some people that are are persistent in the church. We need some marriages that are persistent in their marriage. We need some families that are persistent in their families. Number three, faithfulness. Faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. Your faithfulness makes you trustworthy to God. Your faithfulness makes you trustworthy to God. Faithful in the little, God will promote you to the much. Faithful, faithful. Another word for faithful is consistent. Just being consistent, faithful with what God's put in our hands. Amen. Got to take care of sheep. I'm going to be faithful taking care of sheep every day for seven years because there's a Rachel at the end. I'm going to be faithful. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be preoccupied with the with the with with you know the the smell of the sheep. I'm not going to be preoccupied with the numbers of the sheep. I'm not going to be preoccupied with... with I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to be preoccupied with Rachel. Amen. And Rachel will make me be faithful. Yeah. Hallelujah. Sometimes we need to take our eyes off what's going on around us and put them on Jesus. Amen. And if, if what we do, we do it for Jesus Amen. and not for people, we will be faithful. We will be consistent. We will be be all in, all in, all in. Rain, hail, shine, faithful. We need some people in the church that are faithful today. Can can I hear a big amen? Hallelujah. Number four, endurance. The God that was set before Jacob generated endurance. Everybody say endurance. This is, is, uh, you keep on keeping on. You keep on doing it. You do it again. Hallelujah. Everybody say, again, again, again. You do it again. You do it again. We need some people in the church that, that do it again. They keep going. They keep going. They keep praying. They can, and they do it and they read the Bible again. And they go to church again. And they praise God again. And they fast again. I didn't see what I wanted to see, and they do it again because they have a word from God. Again. Wake up in the morning and take care of the sheep, again. Keep preaching. Keep praying. Keep worshipping. Keep going to church, again, again. People, people, God, God is looking for people that will do it again. They get knocked down, but they get up again. And they keep going, again. This is the caliber of Christians that God is looking for in these last days. Not those superficial, la-la-land Christians. Yeah, Christians. <coughs> Amen. Substance. Amen. I talk to some Christians sometimes. It's like they're living in, on a cloud somewhere and come back to earth. Yeah. And you know what? It's not really how they say it. They're just saying it. They don't really live like that. Don't be impressed by people's oh, I lied down for seven hours in the presence of the Lord. And he downloaded some things into my spirit. Come on. And the and and, and the and the gold dust. We don't need gold dust, we need gold rocks. But see how that's why do we, why would God want to gold dust? There's a lot of fables in the church today. There's a lot of stories. And that creates a generation of Christians that on Tuesday morning when they get up and the devil throws all hell at them, they don't know what to do. You've got to be strong. You've got to, you've got to keep going when, all, when, when everything's looking bleak. Amen. Amen. You do it again. I love, I, love, I love this I love this perspective of, of the word of God. When Jesus laid hands on the man that was blind. I love this. It says, Jesus told him, what can you see? And he says, and he looked up and he says, I see men as trees walking. And I noticed this, that the man who, got, who received that partial healing didn't go home. He stayed in front of Jesus. And notice that Jesus didn't say, that's good enough for you to go home. At least you can see men as trees walking. The Bible says this, because the man stayed there. He stayed there. He stayed there. We need people that know how to stay there. I see men as trees walking. That's better than seeing men. At, I cannot see men at all. I can see men as trees walking. And they stay there. and they See, but today, people, they, they, they praise God. They worship God when everything's going well. But the moment the things go bad, they're absent. And that's why they never get to their Rachel. They'll live their whole life walking around mountains, walking around mountains, never advancing in the things of God because God's not dealing with sissies. God is dealing with soldiers. yeah I said it. we're soldiers we're men and women of God we're soldiers that we keep going and we do it again and we do it again and we keep going we put our eyes on Jesus and I'm going somewhere and I'm trying to achieve something and I'm trying to get out of debt and I'm trying to get something for my family and I'm going to keep going to work and I'm going to keep doing what I'm going to do and just because the boss said something to me that I didn't like I keep going to work am I shouting hallelujah no today the pastor says something I'm not going back to that church anymore imagine if the apostle Paul was here today who would go to apostle Paul's church not many who would go to Elijah's church not many amen but see we have this this mentality that that, I thought God was going to open doors this week and we realise that there's more doors closing that week What's going on do it again Amen. you're taking care of sheep keep going keep going show God you are eligible for the next level show God you are trustworthy for the next level show God you mean business that you're going to praise him whether there's fruit on the trees or whether there's no fruit on the tree. That you're going to praise him whether there's money in the bank whether there's no money in the bank. You're going to praise him whether everybody loves you or with everybody hating you, you're going to still praise him. Hallelujah! You're still going to worship him. You're going to do it again. You're going to do it again. And the man stays there, and Jesus, says, okay, then, and he says this, and Jesus again, he put his hands on his eyes again. See, there's that principle of a game. Can you imagine the woman that had a bent back? Her back, her back was bent. And she's walking around like this every day of her life. She's, she's looking at the dirt of society. She's looking at the rubbish. She's looking at the stinking feet of people. And, and, and all she can see is the filth. All she can see is the dirt. <clears throat> but you know what? <clears throat> that woman was going to church every Saturday. Back then it was Saturday. She was going to church every Saturday. Every Saturday. She would go to church, and because it was a religious church, she would not get her healing. But listen to this. But she was going every Saturday. Again. Like this. She would go to church with all her problems. She would go to church With all her difficulties she would go to church with all her issues again and she would go back home in the same condition she would go back home without receiving her healing but the bible says there was a certain day that she got up and she went to church again oh hallelujah And on that day church was different jesus was preaching in the synagogue on that day the power of god was in the house and when jesus saw her walking into the synagogue he said woman you were loosed from your spirit of infirmity and immediately she was healed and she was straightened my question is this what would have happened if that morning she says you know what church will be there next next saturday Nothing ever happens in my life at that church. I've been going for 18 years, 18 years to that church. No, but this woman was persistent. This woman was faithful. This woman wasn't in it for what she could get. She was in it because she loved God. Amen. And that morning, she got up and she went to church again. She did the the hard yards, the hard work. She went to church Again, And that day she received her healing. 18 years. Do we have some people that will keep doing it again? Keep going with God. Focus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't get distracted from what's going on around you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the goal. Keep your eyes on where God's taken you. Hold on to that word and don't let it go. You could talk about your personal life, your goals. Maybe by the end of the year you want to be completely out of debt. That's just not going to happen. You've got to be persistent. You've got to be faithful. You've got to do it again. You've You've got to have some goals in front of you as your family, as a married couple, as a child, as your family. Where do we want to go? Where do we want to be? It's going to take work. It's going to take work. Amen. God will give you the strategy. God will give you the how. As a church what do we want to see where do we want to be where do we want to go we got to keep going persisting taking care of sheep what you're doing right now is preparing you for where God is taking you taking care of sheep now God is taking you to a place where all those skills that you're learning you're going to have to use them when you get to that level but in the meantime Show God you're trustworthy. Do it with joy. Do it with a spirit of gladness. Amen. Get your heart, get your passion back. Because nothing of significance will happen without us putting something of substance in. Focus. Everybody say focus. Let's focus. Stop getting distracted by the things that have nothing to do with your walk with God. Stop getting distracted by people who have nothing to do with your future. Excel with, in focus. Amen. This is the sad thing that after seven years, Jacob didn't get Rachel, he got Leah. Leah Rachel was beautiful, Leah was ugly. The Bible says it nicely, says she was she was cross-eyed. She was not appealing to look at. But Rachel was beautiful. That's who Jacob was working for. But on the night of the seventh year when he got married, he was given a Leah. And he had to work seven more years for Rachel. So it wasn't seven, it was 14 years of serving for Rachel. Ah, this is a long journey, church. This is for the ones that are strong. This is not for patty cake, Sunday, you know, Sunday school, Sunday morning Christianity. This is for every day of your life living for God. Amen. Just play something softly there. Come to come out, guys.